Well, she can do whatever she wants. It's her house. All right, it's going, and it started with that statement, so I'm really excited that that was captured. Was she can do whatever she wants. It's her house. about Kate. Amen to that. My name is Ronnie. Savannah's teaching. This is her intro. She's awesome, and knows a lot about the subject, and it's good. So awesome. I'm going to stop, and she can go now. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Teamwork makes the dream work. It does. Um, first off, I'm just going to pray, um, but I was telling Cameron that worship was like, he stole my notes and just like had worship and it was so good and it was awesome. So thank you guys for really setting the stage and like priming everybody to hear what God wants to say. And, uh, shout so. outs to Annie leading her first time. I know. Yeah. Annie, you did so good. And she I'm kept looking over at me. I got on the video. She didn't know what to do. It's yeah. on the internet now. Never it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I'm just letting you bask in the praise. Accept it. Receive it. You're, you're worthy yeah. of it. Okay. <laughs> this is all in the recording now. <laughs> all right. Daddy, thank you so much for for today. I just thank you so much that I'm here getting to, to walk out of fear of man by talking about fear of man. So I'm really excited um, for that. I just thank you so much for just your heart towards us, that you created us to be um, beings in peace. And you created us to walk in freedom. And you've given us the tools to do that. And so, Dad, I just pray that you would just take over and lead my mouth and, you know, really show me what I need to focus on and when I need to move on. And let it just be your words coming out and your encouragement. And I'm just so excited that I get to share what you've shared with me and brought me to a place of just, like, freedom. And I'm just excited to do the same thing. So we love you and we thank you and you're just, like, words don't even compare like I'm just so thankful mm-hmm. like and I'm just that's just what we're going to be talking about <laughs> yeah. and dad you're so good and that's just yeah amen I can I'm just amen. worship just put me in a place of just like gratefulness and mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm just going to be like smiling all the time good. while I'm talking about fear which <laughs> is funny but that's just kind of where I'm at so um fear of man as usual, I get the really heavy subjects, <laughs> but I have a lifetime of knowledge on them, so it's fine. Um, so fear of man is really funny when when people who know me talk about fear. They're like, "Ah, Savannah." We should ask her. <laughs> Savannah knows about fear. She'll know about this. And I said, "Well, let me tell you." <laughs> um, so first of all, I'm going to introduce kind of the spirit of fear because we really haven't talked about that much in our sanctification. We've talked about accusation, we talked about bitterness, but there is actually a spirit of fear, and from that comes out fear of man. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of introduce you guys that it's a spirit, um, and Ephesians 6.12 really sets the stage for this as well. Like, we're not fighting against ourselves, we're not fighting against emotions, we're fighting against the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So when I'm talking about fear, I'm talking about worry, anxiety, stress, and what we call concern. I'm just concerned. I, I call it out every time I see it. <laughs> You've been with me when I do that. Um, because fear is is sneaky because it convinces us 
it convinces us that it's us, that we are afraid, that we are anxiety, that we are fearful, and that's just who we are. But it's really a spirit playing with our emotions. So it's a principality of sin. It's an antichrist spirit because every thought of fear that we have directly contradicts the word of God. It directly says that God is not going to take care of us in a situation. It accuses God. And it says, this is what's going to happen, and it's not what God says. But then, because it's sounding like us, we think it's an emotion. And we think it's us. And so that's when you hear people say, I am just a fearful person. My anxiety is really high right now. We take it on ourselves, and we've been bamboozled to think that a spirit is actually us. And that's where he gets us. So, it's not an emotion, and I know, like, coming out of fear, when you hear that fear is an emotion, you're like, but you do not understand. I have so many, like, emotions, and fear is there. And that's, I just am fearful. That's just a thing. So fear can actually train us to become fearful. Mm. It comes in through temptation, through circumstances. Yeah. And we respond in fear. You know, we have, we talk about fight or flight that's healthy. God created us to be able to respond in high stress situations for that moment. And then it's supposed to dissipate. What fear tries to do is get us continually in that moment so we are incapable of handling other circumstances because we're already flared up. If we like, um, I actually was feeling this yesterday and it was so helpful because God was like, that thing, that point you had <laughs> of like, I was like finding myself really clenched. Mm-hmm. You guys, you're like, and I just can't handle one other thing or else yeah. I'm going to snap. Yeah. And God was like, that's fear. You just need to, you've got that fight or flight that you did yeah. never came down from. Mm-hmm. You need to take your peace and tell your body it's okay yeah. and relax. But we get to that place because fear thoughts come. Um, we all, so it comes through temptation. It also comes through programming. Mm-hmm. So long-term participation with fear produces habits. Mm. So God and I were joking about this the other day because it takes 28 days to form a habit. And he was like, so why was it so hard for you to walk out of fear, Savannah? Because you had 20 years of <laughs> 20 years of walking in fear. That's a lot of habit building like yeah. ruts. Yeah. So a lot of the times we get annoyed when we're trying to walk out of fear because we slip back into it. But if you think about it, we've just been trained. Mm. It's not us. We've just been trained to automatically go there. Like, my body will automatically respond to high-stress situations or not even high-stress situations. Mm. Like, I sit in a restaurant and he goes, oh, my gosh, what are you going to eat? And my body goes, Poof, and, like, anxiety, all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm going to have a burger. Mm. <laughs> and my body's like, but what about the burger? It could be this. It could be that. And I'm like, I'm going to eat this burger. Mm. Body, it's okay. Mm. Chill out. You're good. And he's like, oh. Okay, but we have that flare out. Mm. But be, what happens is because we think our emotions are reality and they're true, we follow that. Yeah. So a lot of the time walking out of fear means I'm shaking, but I'm going to walk. Mm. I'm good. Mm. God says I'm good. Yeah. My spirit's at peace. My body just has to catch up. Mm. So that's fear and how it kind of works. The simple definition of fear is a lack of trust in God. It doesn't matter what kind of fear you're struggling with, big, small, whatever. They just all go back to, like, you do not trust God in that area. Mm-hmm. You bought the lie that he's not going to take care of you in that area. So there's that accusation. So if you're, fearing, if you're feeling fearful in a moment and you're feeling shaky or whatever, 
I just encourage you guys, what what was the thought mm-hmm. that that said that God isn't going to take care of you? Mm-hmm. That said this is not going to work out the way it should? That automatically jumps into projection into the future and says bad is coming. Only bad can come. Fear isn't rational. So that's like, I love in Lemony Snicket where they describe, like the series of unfortunate events movie where they're describing rational and irrational fear. I can't even remember the example, but it's like the irrational fear is so dumb, but I had irrational fears. Mm. But if you tried to challenge me on them, I'm like, no, this is rooted. Like one of my funniest irrational fears is that when I was driving in the city, just in the city, so this is how specific it can get is that if I was at a stoplight, I was afraid that some random person would just jump in my car and hijack me. (laughs) Like, constantly afraid if there was people waiting to cross the street, that they were just going to, like, because I had Cusco, my blue car, and you can easily just, like, break into that car. Yeah, it's not a lot. I I shared that fear with my dad one time. He was like, no one's going to want that car. (laughs) 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 Don't even worry about it. But that was, you know, like, that fear at every single stoplight when I saw someone was there. Mm-hmm. It's irrational, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. So even irrational fears are things we have to deal with. That was a much longer introduction into fear than I. Introduction. So, um, since fear is a spirit and not us, and it's not an emotion, um, where is it in the Bible? I'll show you. <laughs> Can someone turn to 2 Timothy 1 7? You already are there. You read my mind. And then, hey babe, could you turn to Proverbs 29 25 for me, please? Yes. Thank you. So I love the Bible because it has a lot to say about fear. And it calls out the spirit of fear as a spirit. And it calls out different spirits of fear by their name. So it's like when you're battling stuff and you're like, well, I have a fear of this. The Bible says a lot about it. And you can probably find it. And I love Bible verses that talk about fear because literally God says, here is what fear is. Here is what you can have instead. Make the exchange. He yeah. makes it so simple. He makes it so simple. It's always in like the short verse. He's like, yeah. So can you go ahead and read that for me? So 2 Timothy 1.7. Uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Sweet. So he says, the spirit of fear doesn't just say fear. He says the spirit of fear. So spirit is a disembodied being. It's not physical. That's why we're not battling flesh and blood. We're battling a spirit who communicates to us on a spirit-to-spirit level and wants us to agree with it so our body responds. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. And I love that God says we don't have fear. We were not originally created with the spirit of fear, but we were created with power, love, and a sound mind. And what power and love in a sound mind, someone told me this once, and it made me super excited, so I'm going to share it. Um, It's actually the Godhead. Mm. So power is the Holy Spirit. Love is Father God. And the sound mind is the Word of God. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Because then it's like, okay, I also have the ability to have power. I have the ability to love, and I have the ability to be of sound mind. But I also have the Godhead who helps me do that. Like, Fear has no chance, because I got three, but actually six, because what they produce in me. Mm. So I have them, and I have their attributes, which is how I was created to be. 
Mm. So fear is an added thing, so it can go. Yeah. Like, I love that. So, babe. Yes. Go ahead and read yours as well. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Yes, please. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So fear of man gets called out by name. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. Because um, it's like, I'm struggling with fear of man. Here you go. So it brings a snare, and whoso puts his trust in the Lord will be safe. I love that. I love that. So I looked into the definition of snare because I love word studies. Word studies just help me, like, fully understand a verse and really, like, get me to have an analogy so then I can memorize it. So a snare in Hebrew, it translates to mokesh. I don't think I pronounced that correctly. That's okay. We never do. We never do. But we always do the disclaimer. <laughs> we tried. Um, but what that means is a, a noose or a hook. So the fear of man is trying to trap us. It's trying to trap us by being afraid of man. But how we get out of the trap is by trusting in the Lord. And then we're safe. That's a promise. So trust equals safety. I love that. So fear of man makes man your God and the source of your identity. So we already established that fear in by itself is the lack of trust in God. So then fear of man is the lack of trust in God towards your relationships. And then you do not have an identity. So you're looking to others to have the identity. And you also don't believe what God says about you. So you're looking to others to define you. So you're looking at man and you're saying, I am afraid of what you think of me. So I want to make sure that you think of me well. Mm-hmm. So it masks itself a lot of the time as wisdom. In order to be liked, you should act like this. In order to fit in, you should dress like this. Business casual looks like this. Mm. Like, that's a stupid analogy, but it is that, like, we've got, this is what formal wear. Here's all the things you should do to be to fit in in a formal setting. If you don't, you're going to get, you're the black sheep. It is black. I've never been, actually. so it masks itself as wisdom and it presents here's something that would go well for you but what it is is actually wisdom it's it's not wisdom at all it's presenting a limitation of limit yourself in this way in order to be safe restrict yourself in this way to be accepted Um, So it brings a false sense of security. It's that comfort, that kind of gooey comfort that's similar in self-pity of like, if you limit yourself, then you'll be okay. But what's not okay is when you're trying to live just authentically and people don't know how to handle you. That's unsafe. Don't even do that. But fear masks itself as wisdom. It's, um, how many times... Have we had conversations with people and you tell them a plan? And they're like, well, I think it would be wise if you didn't do that. Mm. Or don't forget to do that. Mm. Like they project, this is going to happen, so you need to prepare for it Mm -hmm. in advance. 
That's what fear of man does. I'm preparing to be rejected. I think if I walk into this situation and I don't change anything about myself, I'm going to be rejected. So in order to keep that from happening, I need to adjust and I need to change and I need to limit so that I am good and I'm safe. Right? I'm okay. Right? Um, we're so fearful of people. We're afraid of how they look at us. We're afraid of facial expressions. We're afraid of being called out, even if in love. Like, I used to hate when someone would be like, so Savannah, and I'm like, oh, crap. What have I done now? <laughs> like, my dad used to joke that, like, we were homeschool family, so we got spanked, you know? Like, as part of discipline. My dad didn't even have to spank me. He just would say, he would just look at me funny. And I'd be like, I'm never doing it again, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, he was like, it was the easiest way to discipline someone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just look at me. Like, I could not even handle, like, a look of displeasure because I just crumbled. Because mm. I had no sense of self-worth. I had no sense of identity. And I had no idea who God was, really. Like, I knew of God. But I didn't know his heart. Mm. I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know he had made me whole and complete and said I was wonderful mm -hmm. and marvelous. Yeah. I thought he looked at me and he saw lack. He saw something that was broken. He saw something that wasn't valuable. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when someone looked at me wrong, I was like, oh crap. I, if he doesn't accept me and I already know what God says about me, then I need this person to like me. But if they don't like me, oh my gosh, like... I'm a horrible person. Do you see how it just stirs up all this unrest and, like, striving? So, yeah. I have another scripture for you, but I'm just going to read it. We're so afraid of people who have actually no power over us. They're just beings. We're beings. They're on the same level as us, which is awesome. There's no hierarchy, which is awesome. But Matthew 10, um, 28 through 32. It's like you already know all the scriptures I have, Ronnie. Just, I've done, like, I've done nothing but sit in Matthew all week, so. That's know, right. You've listened to it, like, four times, right? Five times. Once a day. All the way through. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how long I was in the warehouse by myself. You know how long that's it takes so to get good. Seven and a half hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seven and a half hours. <laughs> yep. Pause it for the lunch break and I do some Who was the narrator? It was just the Bible app. But I finally did re-download my James Earl Jones New Testament. I was going to say, that is the best New Testament version. I bought it years ago and forgot I had it, so I had to re-download it on my phone the other day. Anyway, let's get back to the teaching, because I could talk about that for forever. I, I used to listen to that to fall asleep when I was too afraid to sleep, and James Earl Jones would just conk out. Like, so I guess good. I get that if you were really big into The Lion King and thought Mufasa was really, like, such a great protector. But for me, Otherwise, I was more into Star Wars. <laughs> so, like, I hear it and I'm like, man, Darth Vader's such a cool guy. He loves the Lord even though he did terrible things. <laughs> he saved the world at the end. <laughs> That's so funny. I always had hope for Darth Vader. I was, like, never afraid of him, which was surprising because I was afraid of everything else. All right, Matthew 10, 28-32. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. I fear not you, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So it talks about fear of man again. Don't fear those that can't even, like they can kill your body, but they can't kill your spirit. Mm-hmm. We are spirits. Like our bodies are mobile homes. Yeah. They're just like placeholders. So like when we, when we think about our physical appearance, when we think about we're super concerned with how we look, like that's not even us. Mm-hmm. This is just like, I'm really happy that I have this mobile home and like I'm married to that mobile home and he's amazingly attractive. Like that's awesome. But that's not his true self. Like our true selves are our spirit. Like, that's it. Yeah. So, like, physical appearance is just an added bonus. Are you all right over there? No, it's good. I love you. Just go. <laughs> Don't let me interrupt anything. You just love our relationship. I do. I love you guys so much. I've been the tricycle for so long. I've been a part of it. It's like eight years now, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But this scripture was super helpful for me because I was constantly afraid that people's, like, I had this in my head of, like, one wrong word or one negative word from someone would collapse my entire life. Mm. That's how high I held other people's, like, views in my head. And I had no view of God, really. He was the scary guy. And I was just going to, I mean, I had already in my head determined that he was done with me because if you guys remember I grew up really sick and someone told me that God was the one who made me sick Mm. so I I was like you know what I don't really want anything to do with you like I love Jesus Jesus is great because he came to save me from you right you know I had really warped sense of God and that's not good (laughs) that's not good I love daddy daddy God is my favorite um But this is, like, such good perspective. Like, we should be more concerned with what God says about us and thinks about us and is leading us towards because he not only has the power to kill the body, but the spirit also. And the spirit is more important than the physical body. Physical emotions are part of the physical body. They do not directly correlate to your spirit. The enemy can use emotions to convince you that your spirit is off. But when your spirit is, should be the one to command your emotions to come back into alignment with the word of God. Mm. It's contrary to what the world says, because the world says, self-diagnose. Mm. How am I feeling today? That whole how am I feeling today is a trap. Yeah, I know, because I lived in it. Mm. I still have to keep myself from self-diagnosing. I still have to keep myself from being like, how am I feeling right now? Am I feeling all right? Maybe if I eat that, I won't feel okay. What about that? What if that person looks bad at me? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like that constant diagnosis. But God has like all these wonderful things to say about us and all these wonderful ways to live our life so that we can be in peace and we can have freedom and joy. And we don't give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. We don't. It's crazy. Like, and I don't understand how my mind got to that place of, like, I didn't think God had anything good to say about me. Like, I don't know how I got there. But now that I'm there, I'm like, shoot, people can say what they want. I still have to work on not freaking out when I hear something. But, like, ultimately I can be like, but I know what God says about me. And it's okay. Because I know Mm -hmm. that His word is higher than any other word. 
And his word brings life. And if I go there, that doesn't bring life. That brings torment. Mm-hmm. And I just don't have time to be in torment anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. But it's hard because we're shaken and our bodies are responding. We think we have like all this fear we have to deal with. But it's really just the spirit saying, how many buttons can I press until she goes? Until she decides that God isn't as important as she thinks he is. So that's why you, when it says, to, when you have done all to stand, that means in the midst. That doesn't mean, well, when my circumstances get better, when that person likes me, and when they change their personality completely, I'll be fine. It means when you're in the midst of it, I will trust you, Daddy. Your word says this. I'm not seeing it, but I know it's coming. Because your word does not return void. It doesn't. What you say you will do, you will complete. And how dare I think that you're a liar. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten to the place now in my walk where I have had the audacity, which is just a wonderful word to describe me now, I think, for someone to be like, well, what do you think about so-and-so? And I say, actually, God says that we've got that covered, so I'm not even worried about it. But before, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're right. I need to freak out about this. I need to change everything. I need to just, like, scratch a whole plan out. So we're talking about community a lot, which is so good. And it's been really fun to see how everybody's growing together. So fear of man and community is a terrible thing. It's not good. Because if I'm so wrapped up in my fear of man, and then I'm... Fear is contagious. So if I'm operating and being and listening and being completely overthrown by fear and fear of man and being so consumed about what you think about me, I'm not going to be authentic mm. to you. And then you're not going to be authentic back to me because you feel that there's distress. Have you ever been with someone and you're like, oof, they're in fear. Mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy myself right now. Yeah. So that's what fear does is it gets us into this like tizzy. Yeah. And then people are like, get away. So fear, it doesn't leave any room in relationships for vulnerability. You can't be honest because honesty means they're judging. You can't trust people because we know fear of man. Fear is not a trust in God. So fear of man is you don't trust other people to have your back. Mm -hmm. You don't trust them to do and be led by God too. You don't trust them to like try to love you correctly. And even if they don't, you don't trust them to take care of you. This was a huge thing when we first got married, as I learned that I was like, I think you're great, but I'm going to hold you at arm's length because I don't trust you to take care of me. Mm. I don't trust that you're going to listen from God in this relationship. Mm. And Matt one time challenged me in one of the best ways possible, and he said, you need to give me the option to prove you wrong. Mm. But fear of man ultimately decides this is it. The bad is the only option. This is the only thing that's going to happen. And you're stuck, and you just have to survive somehow. So how can you survive? You put on defense mechanisms. So what does um, fear of man look like? <laughs> it looked like I did eight years ago. <laughs> it's like poster child for it, really. Um, it, fear of man will drive us into adopting these defense mechanisms to survive because you're in that fight or flight. So you're just trying to keep your head above water. You're just treading. So you're not in peace. You're always keyed up. 
And so you're like, okay, how do I get in this situation? Like, social situations are terrifying. Being alone is terrifying because you hate yourself, too. So, like, you're just scared no matter where you are. And all that all it takes is for some one person to just look at you funny, and they're dealing with their own thing, and you're like, they've completely just decided I'm the worst person on the planet. But they're like, man, that pizza just did not sit well. <laughs> like, that's what they're thinking of. Guys, we do not have the ability to read the thoughts of man. What we assume as fact based off of facial expressions and body language is 90% of the time wrong. I would say like 99.% but sometimes I've been right but that's because I have discernment a little bit better now. But what I'm saying is why are we basing how we interact with people based off of assumption? We're not doing it off of fact. So it's, yeah. So, we put on these defense mechanisms so we can feel safe. And to avoid any potential conflict or rejection or abandonment. That's ultimately what fear of man is so scared of. Abandonment. Being left alone. Because when you're alone, you're by yourself. And then you can't be by yourself. You can't. Because then you're by yourself and you know all of the things that you hate about yourself. And there's no one to distract you from it. And it's just not a healthy place. Um, so the following, I have a, a, a short list of things that it looks like. And these are all things that I was. And it's funny that fear will actually get you to a place of contradicting yourself. An example of that is I was terrified of people, but I needed to, I was terrified of being left out. That's a contradiction. But I was living in that reality. So scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When you entertain fear of man, you're going to be so double-minded. And you're going to be in so much torment. And nothing's going to make sense. So no matter what decision you make for your life, you're going to be like, it's the wrong decision. You just can't. So, um... People-pleasing is one attribute. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Pretty much I just like looked back at myself and I was like, who, who was I at that time? And this is, this is who I was. So you guys get to be introduced to, to, to fearful Savannah. Timidity, shyness. I would even go so far as to say um, self-prescribed introversion. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to get there. I'm so excited. <laughs> Excessive talkativeness. So you're timid, but you also have to talk. You have to, because no one's ever going to ask you anyway, so you need to get your word in. Mm. I was that person, um, when you'd be in a group setting, I, I hated group settings because it was so awkward because people are, like, trying to talk over each other, and you're like, but, uh, like, when can I? <laughs> and then, like, five minutes down the road, someone's like, so those things that's completely unrelated, I went to this thing today. It's not even part of the conversation, but they're just like, I did this. I did that. That's excessive talkativeness oh. coming out of fear because nobody's asking about me. I'm going to tell you. And maybe I'll impress you so you'll like me and talk to me more. I, I um, fall back into this a little bit when I'm with my family. And that's because... Um, Matt and I recognized it is I grew up as a middle child so we have a little bit of you know sometimes middle children feel a little bit left out and I was the goody goody so I wasn't the problem child 
but I was always sick, so I did get attention. But I had this belief in my head that, like, they were just tolerating me. And my family wouldn't ask me things. And so I would just ultimately always interject. It was very unrelated. Because I was like, they were ne- if I don't say anything, they'll never ask. Mm-hmm. Coming out of that deep-seated, like, I'm abandoned. Mm-hmm. I'm not accepted. I need to show you that I'm cool. I need to show you that I'm worth love and affection and time. But by doing so, it makes it awkward. Because <laughs> you're like, why are you talking about that? <laughs> So that's something I still am walking out of to this day. And, you know, some days I do better, and some days I do great. And it's awesome. But, like, you're sitting there and you just feel like, I should talk. I should mm-hmm. say something. I need to do this. And if I, if I sit there long enough, I'm like, why? Why do I need to say something? Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately because they're not asking. Mm-hmm. I need to share with it. Because, yeah. like, they won't know anything about me unless I say something. And there's something about giving that to God so you can rest. That's what I'm learning to do. Like, I know who I am. I know that I'm great. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm at. And if they don't want to ask, that's okay. I'm going to participate in their conversation. Because I'm, I'm, I'm at peace. I'm content. I'm getting there. It's a process. Yeah. It's a process. Okay, lack of eye contact. You want to talk about all these things, but like, I can't. Because <laughs> the thing is, when direct eye contact, you can see into a person's soul. Yeah. And I was like, looking at Cameron. <laughs> you avoided it. <laughs> um, and I was so terrified of eye contact because I, the spirit, when you're in fear, fear shows. Yeah. It shows in your body language. It shows in your eyes. And if anyone like Matt, who has in- intense separation, can look at you in the eye, fear will shrivel. So that's why people have, they look down. But it's also... Um, this mindset of I'm not good enough. Mm. That's why people get hunches mm. in their back because they're looking down all the time because of shame and mm-hmm. guilt and condemnation. It's a result of years of not feeling worthy. So I'm going to look on the ground. I can't even look you in the eye because I'm not worthy. Mm. It's not good. Mm. Defensiveness. That's mm-hmm. another thing. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is just how I am. That's pretty self-explanatory. Um, a chameleon spirit. Ron talked about this in Rejection. <laughs> Poster child. It's a great. It's such a great way to describe it because the other way you actually talk about it is it's the technical term is fabricated personalities, and people are like, "What does that mean?" So chameleon spirit is perfect because you're assessing the situation and then adjusting to fit in. Like, you know, uh, I love how chameleons, they, you put them in front of, like, a yellow pillow, and it takes them a second because they're assessing the situation, and then they change. And then you take them to another thing, and they're still looking yellow, and then they change to blue. Hmm. So put someone with a chameleon spirit in a group and see them travel to each group, and they will change. Hmm. They sit, and they assess, and then they'll change. That was me. I was a chameleon. I was so good at having friends in every single friend group. But I didn't have friends. Mm. They were just people. Yeah. A lot of the time. Because they didn't even know me. Because I was just like, I, this is how they interact with each other. And so I'm going to interact with them in the way that they need to interact. Mm. But all the time while you're doing that, you're afraid that they'll actually find you out as a poser. Mm. Yeah. So you're not in peace. 
So, mm. I'm just not beast. Uh, Double-mindedness coming out of fear of man. You ha are afraid to have an opinion. You have no opinions. Um, yeah, people... I mean, yeah, that's self-explanatory. Um, no authenticity, we talked about that. Because you're constantly playing a role, you're not really yourself. You're showing the facade. You have a doormat kind of personality. You just get run over by people, by circumstances. Um, because you're afraid of confrontation. Because if you confront someone, they're going to reject you. They're not going to, if you turn, if you are difficult, people are going to reject you. Mm. That was huge for me, guys. Yeah. Um, I used to describe myself, which I don't much anymore. I was like a cooked noodle. <laughs> that was my backbone. Yeah. Non-existent, floppy. Just like, isn't that a great, like, that's like pretty much what I had. And so I had to learn to build a backbone. Yeah. But I had 20 years of not having one. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Doubt and unbelief. Well, why do you think that? Questioning everything, anything good. Well, that's only going to last. Like, that's weird that that happened to you, that good thing. Weird. <laughs> or, like, you are very suspicious, too. You're hyper aware of yourself and other people. Like, you're in a group, but you're totally, like, aware of everybody else that's going on. How can I better fit in over there? Maybe that conversation's better for me to interact in so mm. I can be at peace. Mm. Let me go over there. Oh, wait, now they're talking about that. Let me go back. Hyper-aware. Yeah. Um, your non-stop analysis, that was my big thing. Um, what that looks like is insanity. Um, because it's, all right, so so-and-so might ask me how I'm doing. Okay, what's the three possible responses that I could do? All right. Awesome. So if I say good, here's what they might counter with. So what can I say now? And then if I want, if it's, if it's Matt that I'm talking to, then I should probably say something like hype. Okay. Then if I, if I say hype, then he'll be excited because I'm speaking his language. And you know, it's just, and it's that constant, like, and it's exhausting. Like guys, like when I'm in group settings, a lot of the time I get really confused because, and it takes me a minute a lot of the times to answer mm -hmm. because I have 80 different possible responses that I was trained mm -hmm. to like flip through my script. Who am I going to be today? Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to interact with this person? And I have to like sit back in this way because the real me will pull, God will like show, like here's your actual response. Yeah. Like anytime I like something, it's crazy because like there was years of just not knowing. Yeah. And so like curtains. We bought curtains for the house the other day. And I looked at them and I was like, I'm not sure about these. And like originally I was like, I think I like these. And then I was like, I don't know if I like these. And so I had to sit and wait. And I was like, I don't like these because I actually don't like mm. the pattern. Yeah. But I can't tell you right off the bat a lot of the time yeah. what I like. Because I'm so used to, what do you like? Especially if Matt says, I like these curtains. I'm like, okay, they're great. Then I have to be like, wait a minute, let me get back to you. Yeah. Like, it's interesting, but that's years of not having an opinion. That's years of just like, and now like having that analytical script of mm -hmm. like, Savannah the preppy would have liked this. Mm -hmm. Savannah the creative would have liked abstract, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like, I was so labeling myself. I didn't know how to interact mm -hmm. by myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, you look to your uh, to others as your source. We talked about that. Like God isn't your source, so other people, their acceptance, their good vibes for you are your source. Mm. Hey, it's fine. Good I'm from Florida. It comes out sometimes. Everybody's just about vibes now. That's why I get I know. I said vibes before it was cool. You're <sighs> Anyway, drivenness and perfectionism. You can see fear of man drives you into a personality. It's, it, you, you strive for it. You're trying to make yourself. You're trying to make your identity. You're trying to figure out who you are as fast as possible so that you can be at peace. And then a lack of peace is a huge thing. Torment is the absence of peace. So if you aren't feeling peaceful, you're probably in torment. Um, holding people at arm's length. One thing I like to describe myself is I wanted people around me, but I wanted them like this. I want a large number of people, but you can't get any closer than my arm. Because you can't see the real me. So fear of man can actually manifest as perceived confidence in the appearance that I have my life together. But all the while I'm praying that no one looks closely enough to see that it's just a facade. I'm petrified of truly being seen. That was me. I want you to accept me, but I don't want you to look. Because you'll see my brokenness. You'll see that I have no idea who I am. I have no idea what I'm doing. And you'll know that I'm lying to you about my likes and my dislikes. But honestly, I don't even know what they are. Because you're the one that said you like that, and now I like it. And that's just who I am right now. Fads, trends, that's like such a good example of people following fear of man. Everybody needs to look the same. Because if you don't look the same, sheesh, it's black sheep, the mm -hmm. outsider. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the outsider. Except Ronnie. <laughs> He's comfortable Ronnie there. True. True, true. Gosh, I'm already at 41 minutes. Crap. You just keep rolling. I was like, I'm going to keep that 45 minutes. <laughs> um, that's funny. What does it sound like? So fear sounds like a lot of things. So we know what it looks like. I gave you examples of my life. Yeah. So fun to share those things with you. Um, <laughs> um, fear tells you, I shouldn't do this. I can't do that. I'm not accepted. I'm an outsider. I need to be liked. Why am I being excluded? There's something wrong with me. People will reject me if they knew that. People won't accept me because of... People only like me when I agree with them. If they really knew me, dot, dot, dot. Fear talks to us as if it's us. And it portrays and projects rejection and something negative and dread. You guys see all of those things as like you're an outsider and there's no way you can get out of that. You're, they're going to automatically reject you so you need to not be yourself. So that you won't get rejected. So fear of man will tempt us with thoughts as if they originated from our own mind. This is how people slowly come to accept the idea that fear, stress, and anxiety and worry are just integral parts of their personality and take it on. This is my anxiety. My social anxiety. This is my fear. I'm just a fearful person. They take it on. 
Matt wrote newsflash in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> he helped me. Matt's really good at like organizing my like spew of thoughts into like logical templates. So I'm like, I have like three pages and this page and this page kind of correlate like all this stuff. So newsflash, thanks Matt. Second Timothy one seven says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. We weren't created with fear of man, and it's not natural for us to have it in our lives. God created us to be in a state of peace. Fear of, mind, fear of man drives our minds and bodies out of homeostasis. So I know Cameron's familiar with homeostasis. It's the best thing ever. It's God's created way for us to be cool. That's kind of how I like view it. Our bodies are meant to be in a place of constant homeostasis. That means everything's working in perfect order. We're at peace. We're just cool. We're just living life. Fear wants to get us out of that. So when we're in torment in our mind. We are out of homeostasis, and our body will follow it. So the body will not be in homeostasis. And what's amazing is, like, I love that homeostasis exists because that proves that God was like, chill out, be at peace. It's okay. I've got you. And he's like, he gives us the, the momentary, like, fear, fight or flight to be able to handle a situation. And he's like, all right, go back to peace. You're good. You just slayed that dragon. Awesome. Yeah. You're good now. Be at peace. Go sleep in a hammock or something. Like, relax. So I talked about um, the chameleon spirit, and I'm going to talk about that a lot more because that's like a huge part of my testimony, the fabricated personalities. Um, and what really drives that is a thought that I will be whoever I need to be for them to accept me. That's the driving thought from that. Um, it. The fabricated personalities coming out of fear of man convince us to squeeze into a mold and never change. So, it convinces us that it's wise to adjust our natural reactions in order to avoid being rejected and operates based off of the assumptions that we talked about, like facial expressions. I hate that. I hate that facial expressions can get us to permanently change ourselves. When they're not fact. Yeah. yeah. Probably about pizza. Like, <laughs> that's crazy to me. And I lived that, so it just makes me mad. Um, we label others and our sil- ourselves, and that kills individuality and uniqueness that God created in us. Fear of man wants to create robots where everybody looks this and sounds the same and is saying nothing of actual value. Mm. But tricks us into us stealing our own individuality by putting on labels, by putting on the script and the role. Someone told me, if you ever had to help God out in creating your identity, it's not faith, but fear driving you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I was like, I just need to know how I am. He's like, okay, God knows. So what's the big deal? He's in the driver's seat, yeah. so what's the big deal? I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So faith leads, but fear drives. If you're feeling driven to be in a relationship with someone, not just like dating relationship, but like friendship, if you're feeling driven, that's not God. That's you thinking you need to have another friend. If you're feeling led, that's a whole other story, and you can feel the difference. Being led is daddy like, Hey, I like that person, so-and-so. Sounded like they liked tea. Why don't you call them up and see if you want to get tea? 
Vera Man goes, all right, I need to hang out with three people this week so that I meet my quota for, like, being out of the house and, like, letting people know. Like, that's how analytical it is. It schedules everything out. So my personal testimony, I talked about how I didn't have preferences. I didn't have opinions. And it was so bad. I couldn't even tell you guys what my favorite ice cream was, like, flavor, because I would always wait for someone to order first. And then I'd order and get the same thing. It's easier that way. Right? It's so bad. It's so bad. But this is the thing. Is if someone changed their mind in the last minute. Oh my gosh. I was like, we had a plan. You know, like, it's just like, we were both going to get the same thing. Now I have something different than you. I can't even handle it. So, I'm so grateful for what I am now. <laughs> My favorite ice cream flavor is Ben & Jerry's Cherry Garcia now. Cool. It was always my favorite. I just didn't recognize it. You know, like, that's wonderful. I have preferences now. I'm terrified of sharing them sometimes, but I have them. <laughs> like, sometimes people are like, what's your favorite? And I'll, they'll say, what, like, chocolate chip cookie dough. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, mine too. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's not my favorite. Hold on. Like, this is my favorite. Like, mine actual habitual responses to just repeat what they said. Mm. So I have to go back and be like, let me actually tell you what my favorite thing is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this is really hard to share because it really shows you like how broken I was. But um, I was at a place that whatever and whoever fear said I needed to be is what I crafted myself to be. Mm. So I didn't really know who I was at all. And who I was was all fabrication. Like, I can probably, um, when I first received the idea of the spirit of fear um, eight years ago at Being Health, I sat there and I was like, this stuff is like 95% of me. Mm. Like, and I was like, golly, like... Who am I? Mm. I didn't know. I had no idea. Because all I was was a person dressed up in fear who was always afraid, operating out of fear and self-pity. And, <laughs> and like I didn't know who I was out of that because I had made fear my personality. Mm. I had made fear who I was. And what I did as well is I had created labels around myself to give me a place of an identity that actually wasn't God's identity. And in that moment, God said, all of these things that you identify with are wrong. You are not a fearful person. You are not accident prone. You're not a dumb blonde. You need to take, like, I had spoken curses over myself. And I had allowed other people to say, you're dumb. And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And I had just changed myself Guys, I was falling downstairs. I was having near-death experiences because of what I agreed with mm. in the accident-prone area. Mm. Like, I just think back to instances where, like, that doesn't even make sense that I had all of those things. But what you speak comes yeah. to pass. Yeah. Your words have life and death in them. So if I'm constantly speaking out that I am accident-prone and I'm dumb and I can't take... I can't have logical conversations with people because I'm an artsy person, then that's how I'm going to operate. Yeah. And that's what I'm slowly going to believe. Mm. One of the worst personality things that I'd put on myself was that people kept telling me I was joyful, a joyful sufferer. 
And so I crafted, I crafted this idea of what joy is supposed to look like. In your face, all the time happy, never ever showing you another side of myself. Mm. It's exhausting to live that way. Yeah. But I, when God said, that joy is not real joy, yeah. that's not who you are. My middle name was Joy, because I wasn't married to this guy at the time. And so I had to look at that, and, I, and God said, that thing that you identify with and other people identify you as is not you. Mm. You guys you want to know the true like biblical definition of joy? Calm delight. Mm, I love that because there's no performance in that. Mm-hmm. So when I started walking out of like, what does God's joy look like, and it looks different than other people's joy, I would go to a church that people knew me, knew they knew the fake me, and I wouldn't smile at it because I was at peace and I was just like my thing. But I wasn't like I'm so happy right now. Like I was constantly. Monica knows she couldn't even handle me because I was so intense. Like, Annie knows, Corinne yeah. knows, like, they yeah. saw me in yeah. this, like, thing. And I had so many people come up to me when I'm in calm delight and say, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. You're not happy today. Mm. What's wrong? And I said, bye. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to smile all the time to be at peace. Amen. Thank you. Like, I just am. And I'm just going to let it come out instead, instead of prove to you that I'm okay. But that's something I put on myself, okay? People speak things, and we take it on ourselves. I clung to any label that defined me. Anything, because I had no idea who I was. Um, Henry Wright says, if you bind yourself to the personality of sin to any degree... Then you have bound yourself to it of your own free will. That's really heavy. But you know what I love about that? Your own free will means that you can have your own free will to take that off. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, once I had that bound and they was like, yeah, that stuff, like, ew, why'd you put that on yourself? I was like, sorry, my bad. Mm. Let's take it off now. Like, I'm not stuck with those decisions. I'm not stuck with those labels. So I'm going to have to walk out of it and I have no idea who I am, but God does, so that's okay. Like, I literally was like, God, I have never been a person without fear. I don't know what life looks like without that. I don't know how I operate without that. And I am terrified. Because, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I got you. I know. And I made you with power, love, and a sound mind for any situation. My, like, motto became, I can do whatever, I can go wherever, and I can eat whatever. Yeah. And, that, and it can be totally different in the moment. And I'm giving myself the freedom to be a person that was different than who I am. Who I was yesterday can be who I, different than who I am today. Because I'm changing. The word says we're from glory to glory, we are being changed. We're human beings. We're not human done. Mm. I I came up with that. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're human beings, not human done. (laughs) Like, if this is what we strive, uh, Christians a lot of the time strive for this personality and strive to find our callings in God, Mm -hmm. that we don't let God lead us. Mm -hmm. And like, when we get to eternity, he's going to like, here is your battle plan. Here is what you've got to do. Great job just of training and learning and growing. Like we're supposed to grow. I am so grateful that who I am today is 
100% different than who I was seven years ago, eight years ago. And I am going to continually allow myself the freedom to change no matter who says what. No matter how many friends I lose. I lost a lot of friends when I started coming back. Because I started saying no. It was terrifying. I was shaking my boots. I lost almost all my friends and it realized my relationships were me giving 85% most of the time mm-hmm. and those friends giving 15%. Yeah. So when they were like, hey, you want to do this for me? I said, no, I'm actually okay. And I also learned a lot of my friends in that, at that time were operating in fear and I just didn't need to be in that yeah. environment. Yeah. So I was like, God's just like, hey, here's the word of God. Hi, I'm your father. Let me show you about how you can live your life. You don't have to be influenced by other people. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it was horrible to lose all your friends because fear of man's like, that's the worst thing that could happen to you. And then what God did with that is made me have a better relationship with my mom mm-hmm. that wasn't codependent and actually restored a relationship with my sister, which we never had before. Mm-hmm. We had a very, we were really good at pretending to be close to other people, but we hated each other. Mm-hmm behind closed doors like she was out to get me she was another person at that time as well like she tried to kill me a few times it's crazy anyway (laughs) dramatic it's very dramatic but like because of not i i'm so grateful that god reworked my identity and showed me like major things i'm not fear that's all i need to know i'm a, a calm delight that's all i need to know he says i'm marvelous that's all I need to know. I don't need to know what my calling is. I don't need to know. That's because he's got it. So I'm just going to exist and working on allowing myself to be. Having the freedom just to be. Someone told me that. Like instead of trying to become, just exist. Just be. And when God says, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's address this. That's what we're doing. We're coasting on the lazy river of life. I love it. I love it. Because we're still going somewhere. It's just a lot more peaceful and fun that way. So these fabricated personalities, I, I'm just debating on whether I share like a personal opinion about something or not. (laughs) So this is my real assumption. My real thoughts on labels. So, Fabricated personalities and fear of man is literally, it's leading us into a cage that we lock ourselves and throw away the key. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so great. I now know how I'm supposed to interact with people for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It promotes stagnation in our spiritual growth. And it gives us a cop-out of ever operating differently when God says, do walk out of, walk walk onto the water. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I can't because this is who I am. So, I, I despise the Myers-Briggs personality test. I despise any test that says, this is who you are, this is how other people should interact with you, and this is how you interact with other people. Because what is happening is that's exactly what fear of man wants. They grab hold of that label and say, this is exactly who I am. And God's like, excuse me? I made people individual Mm -hmm. and unique. You might share similarities, 
But who you are yesterday is different than who you are today. Yeah. But people who say I'm the INFP or whatever, I've taken that test. I'm a different person every time I take that test. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's great. It's all Lord of bunk. Mm. It's bondage. Yes. Because people are like, great, this is freedom, but it's really bondage. It's really bondage because how many people have we heard who say that is because I am an INFP or whatever. I don't even know the acronyms. I can only operate in this way towards you. Mm. Yeah. I can only receive love this way. Like, never mind. There's another book that Christians were passing around, the marriage book of like the five love languages. Yeah. I hate that book. I've never read it. I can't do it. Because someone told me I'm only this person. So I can only ever give or receive love this way mm. to my husband. I, I need to read it because God's calling me to read it. But. Can, I, can I just yeah. throw out a disclaimer for a second? In the book, the guy who wrote it actually says, uh, your love languages will change over time. Yeah. And the reason why I wrote this book is so that you can understand how other people want to be loved and you can learn to speak all the languages. Perfect. And then he even goes even further and says there are different dialects to yeah. each language, which is really cool. Awesome. So. That's great. I do need to read the book because God's like, you need to like just read it before you say you hate it. I've tried the Myers-Briggs test. <laughs> but what I'm saying is a lot of the times, a lot of the times what people do is they don't do that, though. They'll take, here's the one thing, and I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm never going to change because change is scary. Comfort zones are where it's at. That's the thing. We shouldn't limit God we shouldn't limit God's ability to change us drastically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he remolded my entire personality. He remolded my entire life, and I am so grateful for it. If I had held on to fear because I wasn't sure what was on the other side of it, you guys probably wouldn't like me as much as you do now. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you like me, because I like me. Yeah. But if I had looked at this stuff and said, because I am my anxiety, because I am a fearful person, because I'm an introvert or an extrovert or whatever, and I can't exist beyond that, God, you just, you can't. Like, that's us saying, God, you shouldn't change me. I'm fine exactly where I'm at. He's like, no, sanctification is a big deal. Sanctification brings freedom. Like, I want to be more free each and every day that I live and breathe. And that's going to require me looking at things and honestly saying, that's not me. I'm not quite sure what I look like without that. And I'm not quite sure how people are going to handle me without this. But if God's, if I'm looking in the Word and I see that this is what He's saying, and I look at this and I see that that's contradicting it, I've got to get rid of it. Walking out of fear of man is, is getting to the place where you're quietly confident in yourself. That regardless of if people disagree with you or don't have the same excitement about something as you, that you're okay. Amen. <laughs> are you prepared to let go of the idea of who you think you are and let God take over? Even if that means that people might not get you. So I want to challenge you guys to ask God to reveal areas of your personality where fear of man is or other fears are or where there might have been a fabrication because of you being afraid of being rejected and ask God to show those to you and give them up. And that doesn't mean like I'm striving to give up this stuff. Like strife is like, don't do it. (laughs) You say, Dad, I don't know who I am without this stuff. Show me. 
And he's like, great, I will. I love it. I love how simple God is. <laughs> like, he's, he's like, you can't even describe him, but how he interacts with us is like A plus B equals Amen. C. And I love it. He's not lofty. He's not unattainable. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to lead you somewhere and, and, like, leave you to dry. Mm-hmm. So, practical application. My favorite two words. <laughs> Leading into my favorite three words, take your peace. So, how do you defeat fear? You take your peace. I am just going to say it again. I can repent later, but God has already given us peace. So why are we always asking for more? Yeah. Why are we saying, I just need to feel more of your peace? That's feeling. That's emotion. Peace is a choice. It's a decision. Peace comes by actively choosing to operate in faith and believe that the word of God is true and it relates to you. And peace comes as a result of that decision and standing. I prayed for peace all the time. Daddy, I just need more peace. I didn't even call him daddy. I was just like, oh, holy one. Please don't hurt me today. I think you can give me peace. Like, and I think you can give me more trust to you. Like, that's how I prayed. Mm. I need more trust, and I need more peace. Give me more. Where God says, I have created you with power, love, and a sound mind. Peace comes out of a sound mind. Mm. Like, David, I love David because how many times when he was in the midst of being chased, he said, I will trust you. Taking your peace is in no matter what your body is reacting, symptoms, panic attacks, like in the moment, like guys, this is like my walkout. Like my body is reacting because it's used to reacting that way all the time. And I'm having to say, you're okay. I take my peace. I'm not going there. And my body is still reacting, still freaking out. I'm still saying, but that person, but that person. I said, I'm not going there. God says this. Taking your peace is standing on the word of God and believing it to be true regardless of what you see in your circumstances. A lot of people think peace comes after the circumstance has been taken care of. Mm. It doesn't. Peace comes from knowing without a doubt. And sometimes you have to battle. Like, you have to battle, but we can. That's what I love. Is like, once you get a taste of fighting fear, it's like... I like this. I like mm-hmm. being on top. Yeah. I like being able to take control of the situation. Like, s- taking control of the situation is not the situation has to change. Taking control of the situation and the relationship means no matter what, I'm in peace. Because God's got me. And ultimately, he says he works all things together for my good if I'm in obedience. So following after fear, following after stress and anxiety do not take me into peace. And they take me out of obedience. So... Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I don't need to go back. Yeah. I'm good. My one, my like 20-year trip was fine. <laughs> I'm okay. So practical absolute taking your peace. I used to get so angry when people told me, you just need to take your peace down and be in health. Because I was like, no, God needs to give me my peace. And they're like, no, he already gave it. It's your turn. Mm-hmm. Believe it. Yeah. I was so angry about it because I just wanted God to do everything. (laughs) But I'm so grateful I can do it. Yeah. 
like when we were worshiping and we were talking about God break down my walls, God gave me the picture of me with a sledgehammer. He's like, break your own wall down. <laughs> Let's do it. And I was like, yes, I can, and I have, and I will. <laughs> like, I love that. He's empowering. God is the God of empowerment. Let me teach you how to overcome my child so that you don't have to sit there. Let me teach you how to get stronger so you don't have to sit there. Like, let me teach you how to relate to people without fear so you can actually be a better friend to people. How to be a better wife. How to be a better daughter. Like, if we... What does your life look out with, look like without fear of man? Mm-hmm. A lot more peaceful. Yeah. A lot more fun. Yeah. Oh, there's probably more dancing involved. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, the wiggles come out. I don't know. Ron will attest to this. Like, I just wiggle. I can't even contain myself sometimes. Right in the middle of Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, in the middle of Dunkin' Donuts. And I just quietly smile. <laughs> it was a really good song, too. <laughs> so taking your peace is like, no matter what, no matter who says this, no matter what this looks like, God's word is true. So we need to think about what we're thinking and dwelling on. Feelings aren't really real, even though it feels like it. If you base things off of feelings, you have been had before you even start. Because feelings, you're like, oh, I'm feeling really good today. I'm feeling at peace. And then you get opposition, and you're like, I'm not feeling at peace anymore. My day is terrible. Mm-hmm. Look how quickly that changes. Yep. I get up now, and instead of asking how I'm feeling today, I say, today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm-hmm. And I have everything I need to succeed. And God has got me. And Dad, I just ask that you would help me to have the courage to be authentic to one person at least today. Mm. Where I'm one step closer to actually responding as you created me to be. And if I had that one authentic, awesome. Tomorrow let's make it two. It's an everyday, like, little bit by little bit. And I love that because it's bite-sized chunks. He's like, and that's a victory. Like, go home and recount your victories. Today, I actually shared what I was thinking. Today, I actually told someone what one of my favorite things is. Korean dramas. That's mine. Korean dramas. It's one of the weirdest things, but God has used it to bring so much joy in my life. And for me to actually, like, share with people that that's, like, one of my favorite things, like, that's victory. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody knows what that is. (laughs) And nobody gets it. Well, Monica's starting to get it, but it's okay. Um, But, like, God used that in a time. What I love about Korean dramas, and this is such a dumb thing, is I was so sensitive to fear when I was walking out of stuff that I couldn't watch regular American television. Mm -hmm. Because we have the news, Mm -hmm. and we have crime detective shows where everybody's getting murdered, and then we have the reality stars where everybody's flinging accusation and self-pity at each other. And I couldn't handle it. And I said, Dad, like, I need something to, like, relax after work or, like, after school. Because I was in school that's steeped in, like, art school. is very mm-hmm. interesting sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of fear. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unloving that's yeah. there. And there's a lot of wonderful people that are just in pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I needed something to lighten the mood. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> You don't have to find, go far to find occultism. <laughs> but God showed me this stupid show on Hulu called Flower Boy Ramen Shop. And I was like, I like ramen. I like flowers. Why not? And that just was like, 
there's just a a joy and a and a I can't even this is like a total rabbit trail. He doesn't get it, and that's okay. He loves metal music, and sometimes I don't get that, and that's okay. <laughs> you will still love me though. Absolutely. Yep. But like that's what I needed. And I'm gonna not I'm not gonna back down from that. That's my thing. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It might not always be my thing. I'm holding it loosely. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But for now, I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I'm having fun. Daddy and I are having fun. Practice thinking good things are to come in relationship. When fear says, well, what about this? And you say, well, actually, I'm really excited about the what about this. Because what about this means I'm actually going to be free. I'm actually going to have a good time. We're actually going to, you know, hang out. We're going to talk about stuff. Like, flip it on its head. Mm -hmm. One time, I told fear, actually, you don't know what the future holds. Mm -hmm. Because you're in the same boat as me. The only one who knows where the future is is God. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to hitch my wagon to him. Yeah. And you can stay in torment because you've already been judged. So, <laughs> bye. You know, like, he doesn't know the future. He's just hoping that he can convince you that he does. He doesn't know. I love it. He doesn't know. We're in the same boat. Except I can choose to be in peace. <laughs> Continually choose to believe God. It sounds really easy, but you got to practice it. you got to develop a habit of it. You got to be in the word. It has to become something that gives you like an automatic response. Yeah. But it won't always be your automatic response, yeah. especially if you've been trained for however many years to have fear as your automatic response. Yeah. <laughs> um, what does God say in Romans three verse four? God forbid, yea, God let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you are judged. I tell that to fear every time. It talks to me. Let God be true and every man a liar. Mm. You're every man and you're saying something that God hasn't said to me, so you're a liar. Mm. Someone came to me and tried to false prophesy over me one time and they said, did you know that you're supposed to be called to be a missionary in Africa? And I said, God hasn't told me that. See you later. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> you're wrong on that one. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> my mom is hilarious I love my mom used to have all this as well and is walking out of it and she was in a department store one day and this this person came and he said he said let me show you what you need to look good and she's like I don't need your opinion in your my life I'm good thank you bye bye <laughs> I, I don't even think I said that right Ron do you remember that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was something. It was, and my mom is like a very sweet, yeah. calm, and she just looked at him and was like, no one tells me what to do anymore. Thank you, though. <laughs> Walked away. Sometimes, one of the best things my mom showed me is to get out of double-mindedness is get both. So, like, at Starbucks, if you don't know what drink you want, and you're going between green tea or an iced mocha, you get both so the enemy can't beat you up, then you have both. <laughs> if you are in torment about which one and you know the enemy's going to beat you up regardless, get both. Not all the time because financially that's a lot of money, but <laughs> I'm just saying we get so worked up about this is a life or death and this person's going to hate me if I say this or not, and they won't. 
They won't. Alright, so I have some scriptures. Can someone go to Jeremiah 1, verse 4 through 8? Galatians 4, 6 through 7? Anybody? Maya, Galatians, or you. Who has Jeremiah? Where is Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Connor near Isaiah. I got Jeremiah. Right. All right. Right Alright, and then I have Psalm 139, 14 through 16. Cool. Whenever you guys got it, just read them off. This is what God says about you. Wait, Jeremiah 1 what? 4 through 8. This is what God is saying about you, so when fear of man comes and says that you need to change yourself, read these scriptures, tell him who you are, and move on. Go, babe. Uh, then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Perfect. Galatians. Galatians 4, 6 through 7. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Love it. We're heirs, guys. Heirs. It's time to act heirs. like it. Heirs. <laughs> We're heirs. We're royalty. We have a birthright. Mm. Yeah. So why do we need to change? We don't. We were born into a birthright. And then we accepted it when we said, Jesus is Lord. Identity crisis is over. Yeah. <laughs> we can rest in that. What we do is not who we are. Our personality and attributes is not who we are. Our spirit cries, Abba, Father. Mm. That's who we are. Yeah. That's the big rock. Like little rocks come and go, but yeah. the big rock is that. So regardless of if you're going through like an intense personality change like I did, like where everything was up in the air, that was my thing. Hold firm to that. Because that's amazing. We're heirs. I'm free. Not only am I free, I am like a royalty. Like I thought I was the slave like in the slums and then I find that I'm not. And like... Okay, <laughs> I'll get comfortable here. I can sit here. I can rest here. Mm. But we like think that's not enough a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. but let's rest. Rest in our inheritance. Yeah. All right, Psalm 139, Corinne, 14 through 16. I love that you got that one. I know, this is like one of my favorite <laughs> All right. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were written all the days that were adorned for me, when as yet there were none of them. God knows every single day of our entire life. Cool. Done. We'll let him take care of that. <laughs> also, that scripture is so good when someone told me that happy and health that place changed my life so I'm always talking about it I will never not give them thanks for showing me how who God was this one lady would come up to me and kind of get in my face and she's like Psalm 139 
you are beautiful and you are marvelous and your soul needs to know it right well. Because that's what <laughs> King James, my soul knows it right well. She was like, you just need to shout it. Like, I am beautiful, I'm marvelous, and my, God says I am amazing, and my soul knows it right well. There you go. Mm. That's it. Done. Yeah. I love it. So I have some more scriptures that I've um, found through my walkout. And walkout is just what happens when you're just walking life with God. And you're learning... He, points and he says, hey, let's deal with that. And you say, okay, let's deal with it. One day I'm free. One day I'm free. Walking out of habitual programming of fear is an everyday kind of thing. Um, What was super cool about doing this teaching is I actually found my original notebook from when I went down to be in health the first time. And like, it's awesome. Because like, I forget how bad I was. I forget how much bondage I was in and how little I knew about myself. And how little confidence I had in myself. And how much fear was in my life. I won't forget that because that was like, it was a lot. So much torment. And it was so encouraging to see like Savannah from, I went in 2011. This is seven years now. So like, I'm only getting better. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, So I was seeing scripture and they're like, you need for every thought that comes against the word of God, you need the word of God. Yeah. So like every single thought, there is a scripture that contradicts the lie. Find them. Stand on them. So when that thought comes, you go, hold on, this is what God says. Okay, this is what God says. Okay, bye. You know, like, and I had to, like, my my journal shows that this was an everyday, every thought kind of a battle. And now it's like an every new circumstance kind of battle. Sometimes old programming. But, like, for me to see that this is how bad it used to be, and I was still fighting, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a journey. (laughs) But if God says that I have not been given the spirit of fear, it will go. And I can actually learn to be at peace around people. Like, that's a promise. And I was seeing that. And so I have these scriptures that seven years past I found. So I just want to encourage you guys with these. So 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment, and he that fears is not made perfect in love. So if I'm afraid, that just means I need to love God more and receive that his love comes without conditions. It comes without me being weird. Like, he loved me exactly where I was at, and he took compassion on me. Because he placed me exactly where I needed to be to hear that I didn't need to be fear. This is amazing. Mm. He broke into my life and he said, you do not. There's a better way. I don't want you to live this way anymore, my daughter. I love you. That's his heart. He's like, I want you to be comfortable in the skin that I created you in. Mm. I want you to be able to rejoice in who I made you to be. Let's do that. So he, so I know God's heart is for freedom. So even though it seems impossible to defeat patterns and programmings, if we run to God, he will run to us. And he'll show us the way. I love it because he shows up in little ways. If you can celebrate the little things, they become bigger and they're bigger. And then it doesn't even matter how big the things are. You're still rejoicing regardless of how big or small they seem. Like the fact that today I was juggling between if I should go to Panera for dinner or Chopped. And that normally would have sent me in an entire, like, 
there is a right answer and a wrong answer. And I just said, you know what, I'm picking chopped because I know they have LaCroix and that's what I want. And I did it and the enemy was like, well, that was super expensive. If you had gotten this, you could have gotten the cheapest thing on the menu. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to feel bad about it because I made a decision and that's what I'm rejoicing in. Yeah. That's how fighting fear even fear of, like, yourself or fear of man accusing you to yourself. And mm-hmm. it's not you. It's the Spirit. Yeah. So, another scripture. Psalm 8, 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Cool. So that's, like, when I'm shaking in the moment and I have no idea what to say to somebody that's new. And I'm trying to figure out if I need to perform or not. Because that's my initial reaction is I have to fight that. I have to fight that. It's so easy for me to slip into it. My voice changes. It's interesting. And I have to say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. They're just humans. God is more important to me. I'm in a rest. Okay. (laughs) And that means being quiet a lot of the time for me sometimes. And sitting back and waiting to see when my actual response comes up. And then having the confidence to share it. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Okay. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I used to read this to try to fall asleep. So it's just like, oh, Dad... You've been my light. You've, like, broken into the darkness that was my life before I actually knew you. You're my salvation. With you I have freedom, and I'm whole. W-H-O-L. I'm whole. Spirit, soul, and body is whole because of you. Thank you. Why do I need to be afraid? Because I'm whole. I don't care. I'm working on getting there. I just made a rap by accident. Oh, well. (laughs) Just read, just read Isaiah 54. I don't have the scripture written down here, but Isaiah 54 combats all sorts of rejection. Hey, it's really quick. That was the verse we read uh, earlier. Yep. Like right before we got in here about the barren thing. That's so cool. Yeah, Isaiah 54. It's just is like I have called you as a woman barren. I have made you. The Lord is your husband. The Lord your maker is your husband. So. Not only do I belong to someone who says, I created you and I made you perfect, but he also has adopted me into the family as a marriage and as my covering. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like I'm so taken care of. Yeah. I'm so good. There's no need to be out of peace because the Lord is my maker. He's familiar with all of my ways. Mm -hmm. He says, I am just fine Mm -hmm. and he's giving me the freedom to change and be as weird as I can be or as I need to be for him if he says go share that person that you love k-pop stuff oh man I gotta do it and I'm shaking the whole time but I gotta do it (laughs) it's okay Hebrews 13 6 so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me Lord's my helper I'm gonna boldly declare it Regardless of circumstances, regardless of how I feel, regardless of how someone looks at me or I think they're thinking about me, the Lord is my helper. Ezekiel 3, verse 8 through 9. 
Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead is strong against their foreheads. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. I love that. This is God saying, I can take it. And in reality, guys, <laughs> rejection from man, like in these days, doesn't compare to what the Bible like their fear of man. Like they were fleeing for their lives. Like they're hiding in caves. They're being thrown into like the lion's den. And we're like, they looked at me funny. <laughs> like it's ridiculous, but we, it's the same spirit. But the circumstances are much smaller. <laughs> so here are some truths that I want to leave you guys with. And these are things that Savannah, seven years ago, wrote to Savannah to walk out. So I just, when I was working on this teaching, I was like, Daddy, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And he was like, what did you learn? What helped you? Mm. So I went back and I read, and I saw these things, and I was like, wow. Because this was Savannah just discovering all of the fear in her life. This was Savannah looking at a giant mountain of programming and fear of unknown and everything and being like, you know what, I think I'm going to try mm. to take on that. Yeah. That was my first experience with not being a victim. That was my first idea of maybe I do not need to live this way. And it's just so cool because look at where I'm at now. That one step in front of the other, three steps forward and two steps back, it's still one step forward, recount the victory and move yeah. on. Huh. Like, I had the one victory. It's amazing. Tomorrow I'll have two. Yeah. And maybe the next day I'll just have one again. But that's still a victory. Yeah. Perspective is everything. Yeah. If someone rejects you because you're being authentic with them, that doesn't mean there was something wrong with you. Your victory is, Dad, I was authentic. That's amazing. You know that I love that. That's wonderful. It doesn't matter what they say. Actually, well, can I say something? <laughs> this is not like... Actually, if... Somebody rejects you from you being authentic. It really means that there's something wrong with them in that moment because yep. they're not living and operating out of the heart of God. Exactly. People in fear kind of shrivel in front of me now, which is kind of funny, which is good because I see it, and I'm like, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> I'm gonna pull you out. <laughs> So these are the truths that I wrote to myself seven years ago, and here's where I'm at now, guys. Like, it's amazing. So overcoming fear of man and coming out of rejection is tough, but it's so worth it. This is before I even understood what life without fear looked like. I had the faith mm. that being free from fear of man was better for my life than staying in it. Yeah. That was me having absolutely no idea what it was going to look like but thinking, this has to be better. God wants to and will lead me out of captivity. God loves me exactly and right where I am. When I run to God, He runs to me. I am complete in God. You don't know the thoughts of man, so why worry about them? <laughs> Has fear, worry, or anxiety ever helped a situation? <laughs> No. And this is where I'm at now. I'm able to battle fear of man by talking to you guys about how I battle fear of man. <laughs> it's amazing. 
It's amazing. And I love you guys so much. And life is better when you're not so consumed with what you're thinking about and how to be better and how to be more accepted. Life is better when you can sit and let God determine who you are. Don't get tripped up on discovering who you are. God knows who you are. He will allow that to come through. When you're following Him, it will come out. You don't have to make it happen. Because if we try to put it on, we're just putting on clothes that are not ourselves. Because sometimes, like, we try to put on things prematurely as well. Mm. That are good. It would be nice to get to that point. But God's like, we've got to deal with something else first. Yeah. Hold on. I'm getting you there. That kind of a thing. I always, when I would, this is the last thing I'm going to share. With fear of man, you compare yourself a lot with other people. And you say, this is all the reasons that I do not add up to them. They're amazing. I'm not. Like, that's what happens. There was this one lady who I just loved. She was the same lady who chased me down with Psalm 139. And, you know, she was like a spitfire. She was in your face, but with love. And she was like so bold and not afraid to call me out. But she didn't love. And I looked at that and I was like, I want to be like that. And I was like, there is no way I could be like that. <laughs> like, and now here I am. I taught on self-pity. <laughs> and I called people out in love. And I was bold enough to say what is truth. Like, that's amazing. I'm not exactly like her, which is great. But I enjoyed the boldness. There was no timidity. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the lack of fear, man, that I'm going to say exactly what you need to hear and I'm not going to be afraid of your response. I definitely have experienced that. In a good way. So, just that. Yes. Good. I love you. Sometimes I feel like I hurt you a little bit with my words. But it's good. It is. So, but if I tried to put on boldness while I still had fear, while I still was entrenched in it, it wouldn't have gone as well. It would have been me play-acting again, pretending mm-hmm. to be bold. Now it just happens. Yeah. Like, I stood up to someone who I've always been intimidated by this week. It was not you. <laughs> um, like, I could never look this person in the face and say, hey, this is not okay. And this week, it just came out. Mm. And it was in love, and it was just like, hey, I deserve this amount of respect, and you need to, to act on it. And I just was like... <laughs> like I was like had one of those like moments of like did that just happen? Did I just say that? And then of course like I freaked out after the fact because I'm like oh my gosh. But that was me taking care of myself and yeah. standing up to someone who had been so intimidating to me. Mm-hmm. And in love, not being like oh my gosh, I'm gonna get you back for everything. It's just in this moment, you are with me, and I'm only going to accept things that are good for me from you. And you need to adjust it. And that's that. That's where we can get to. And that's how community can thrive. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Being able to call out my husband and have him call me out and us just to kind of be as weird as we want. (laughs) I mean, the other week, this man, it's just amazing to me. He got in my face because I was like just so wrapped up in not (laughs) being accepted by him. I just was completely afraid he was rejecting me and he got in my face and he was just like do not ever apologize for something you love and I just lost it 
And he brought me out of that funk. Because I was afraid if I told him what I really wanted, he was going to reject me. Mm. But when we're in real relationship, we can get in the face of the other person and say, I love you. Be your actual self with yeah. me. I'm not going to go anywhere. Yeah. We're in this together. Like, how amazing if we could get in community where iron sharpens iron. That doesn't happen by just sitting on the sidelines and, like, doing nothing. That happens by, like, actively kind of getting in each other's faces in the best way and challenging and saying, you said you want to be this way. What are you doing to make that happen? You told me you want to be free from this. Let's go do the thing you're afraid of. You should, like... Tell me one thing you actually love about yourself. Like, calling people out in love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I think we're headed, and I'm yeah. so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hype. Yeah. Hype. <laughs> that's all I got, guys. I'll pray us out. Dad, <laughs> I was long-winded, but that's okay. We're working on it. Um, thank you that fear is not us. And we are not fear. And thank you that we can be free from it. And thank you that you gave us your word that allows us to be free and to walk things out. And Dad, I just pray that each and every person would be able to walk out and be more authentic than they were when we walked in. That we could love each other without fear of rejection. That we could be exactly who you've created us to be from the foundation of the world. And just celebrate each other's differences. And celebrate each other's unique characteristics that you have made them. And you said it is very good. So, Dad, I just pray a blessing over the community and, like, relationships that are building and that these would just be real and authentic. And there's no room for fear. There's no room for it because there's love and perfect love casts out fear. And we are operating as children of you, Father. And we have that perfect love because you loved us first. So we can love other people just as we love ourselves. So, Dad, thank you for being so amazing. Amen. Amen.